Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. This is the security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about the security and risk news and try to bring about a different perspective. Well, as much as we can, uh, we all know that there's a lot of news out there and we want to try to bring that to you. This is a sprint. So the way it works is we go through two rounds of topics and then we do some quick hits at the end. So with that, I want to. I'm excited today because one, not only are the Baltimore Orioles in the playoffs, and the Dallas Cowboys are two and zero, and my Penn State Nittany Lions. I had a great sports weekend, everybody. Not only am I excited about that, but we're bringing back everybody today. So we got Andy Jabor and Jennifer Lynn Walker. <laughs> they're joining us early in the morning today from where they're at uh, on the Pacific side of the uh, of the country today. So welcome, Andy and Jen. How are you both? Dave, I'm, I'm excited to be with you at 5 a.m. Western time here, Pacific time. I'm excited that Jen, Jennifer Lynn Walker has made time to join us on this Monday morning podcast. And despite the Lions losing yesterday, I'm happy for you having a good sports weekend. You deserve one of those every year. So check the block. Every 10 but, years or something like that. Yeah, I'll take yeah. every 10 years. So, Jen, how are you? Welcome, welcome to you've been such a great contributor to this podcast. It's great to have us all three on the same time. So, how are you today, Jen? I'm okay. Um, so yes, Andy stated I'm also on the West Coast and it is early. Um, I'm, I am trying to to maintain that that Eastern time uh, schedule or at least somewhat modified. Uh, I was exhausted yesterday, so I'm a little behind, but uh, I thought I would join given where we're at and uh, what's going on in the cyber world. I know. So let, let's just dive into it. We've got a lot of topics here. We're going to do a little modified version, you know, with three of us on, on the call today. We're going to go through two rounds still, and then we'll talk some quick hits there. But Jen, you're our esteemed cybersecurity expert. You are the self-dubbed cybersecurity evangelist. So I think this is only fitting. I want to give you the first take uh, this morning because there's some some big news coming, uh, Jen. There is some big news. So I'm never an expert, but yes, I will. I will uh, vow to the evangelist side of things. Um, but thanks, Dave. Um, so uh, yeah, um, last week, um, Casino Hotel Behemoths, if you will, um, MGM Resorts, um, and, and later in the week we learned that Caesars was also impacted by a, well, Caesars is a rant, or I'm sorry, Caesars we know was a ransomware incident, and there have been some details that have been disclosed, but MGM is still even now calling it an incident, so they haven't really come out to um, uh to verify, um, you know, what's being seen. However, a ransomware group called um, Alf V or Black Cat, Black Cat um, and their affiliate group Scattered Spider, presumably, um, did release uh, the, uh, you know, the data leak that they, that they've stolen data from MGM on their leak site. So we know that. Now, you know, I would argue that <clears throat> I wanted, kind of wanted to say that, um, I, I've got my sorry it's early my brain is like I'm still <laughs> trying to wake up so you're allowed I, I you're allowed that, that in, Jim. <laughs> I want to say that I would argue that due to this um you know I mean it's been this way for years that that quote-unquote double extortion um tactic um I would argue that that has made ransomware the most visible threat that we see when 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 organizations get impacted by ransomware, we hear about it. And, you know, kind of the the bigger the organization, like an MGM and a Caesars, um, although Caesars was was 
kept it close to the vest. Um, and that would be because they admitted, well, actually they didn't admit, but um, it's been speculated <laughs> that they paid um, the, so they didn't get their name in this, in the double extortion on the, on the leak list. So, um, but after MGM was impacted and, uh, you know, the, the cybersecurity um, community and in journalists, um, you know, came out to identify or try to put some attribution to who the group was, um, Caesars started talking or somebody from Caesars started talking. And as such, they ended up uh, filing their SEC 8K filings uh, shortly after MGM did. So both organizations have filed minimally. Um, MGM and Caesars have filed their SEC 8K filings, uh, which are not required as of yet, but required when there's a material impact to business. So not in the detail because we haven't seen the, um, the mandate doesn't pass what until December, I'm fuzzy on all the dates. So you can, you can correct me there, but uh, so far MGM hasn't confirmed uh, much of anything other than the fact that they're, you know, dealing with this cyber incident um, and, you know, they're busy, and, and that's to be expected. I usually give organizations like this a lot of slack, even though everyone wants to know what the details are. You know, they're busy just like you would be if you were dealing with a with a ransomware incident. So there's been a lot of speculation and opinions. Um, social engineering does seem to have played a part in both of them. Um, the attackers uh, claimed that they did compromise MGM and uh, through their Okta environment, actually. Uh, but uh, although industry is speculating that the same actor, Scattered Spider or Alfie, impacted both Caesars and MGM, the actors claim that they did not impact Caesars. So again, take some of this with a grain of salt. It's like you take all the information in and you're like, okay, this has been reported. This has been reported. This has been reported. But until we hear from the source and from those, you know, impacted, we, we don't necessarily know the details. We do know there's been significant impact in business operations and casino operations and hotel operations. I mean, it's impacted, it impacted whether it directly impacted MGM, um, you know, from the incident or out of an abundance of caution, they may have, you know, it seems they have shut down a lot of systems and they're, you know, res slowly restoring them. Um, you know, the, the story, I think, from a casino um, perspective is all the, you know, all the disruptions that can occur because of this incident. Um, so we don't know a lot of details about the cyber attack itself, other than what the actors have claimed, which is probably to be believed. But again, I always I always take that with a grain of salt. Um, there's been otherwise there's been a lot of opinions and analysis of things, including market valuations, which I've, I I kind of believe in this day and age. And I've, I think I saw someone or a couple comments to the to the effect may have a temporary impact. But I think long term, you know, the rep, I mean, look at the big names who have had incidents, whether it's uh, Home Depot, Target. And I'm just going to name those two right off the top. In the end, has it really impacted their business? Mm, not so much, you know, we talk about it, they're poster children for, for incidents, but, you know, they're still gajillion dollar <laughs> companies, you know, that are, and, and we're still shopping there. So 
Um, that's kind of where I'm at high level on, on MGM and, and Caesars. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great call out on, on that, uh, Jen. And, and I also know you, you know, you hit on the social engineering attack. It does look like there's a third party vendor that potentially was involved in this again, like you've said, until all the information comes out, we don't really know until we know even, you know, as, as even behind some of these incidents, the initial reports and the initial filings are, are typically until the full investigation goes on, we don't fully know, but initially it does, you know, social engineering attack, third party vendors. These are two of the common things we see, right? Because big organizations have big network defenses, layered defenses, sometimes by latching into these third party vendors and sometimes even fourth parties, uh, you can really find some vulnerabilities that get you access into those larger networks. And again, the casino, the the you know casinos and those type of game, the gaming industry, a lot of information that's held within those groups uh, that can be used for a lot of different purposes. Uh, so great, great call out on that, Andy. Anything you want to add on this front? Oh, so real quick, I think you and Jen covered a lot of the you know the high level overview and some of the key consideration. There are just three quick things from my end. One. Why are Jen Walker and I out here in San Diego today? We're out here for TribalNet 2023. If you uh, want to look at the show notes, we'll include a report from Buck Wargo and CDC Gaming, where he talks to Tribal Hub CEO Mike Day a little bit about this incident and why Tribal ISACs you know, paying so much attention to it. Jen and I are going to be talking about that out here this week uh, in a number of ways to include a ransomware workshop we're really excited to be running on Tuesday of this week. So that's one. Two, always an interesting topic of ransomware, always a complex topic. Uh, the, the UK put out some good references and guidance last week on the topic of ransomware. We'll include those links as well. If you collect, if you subscribe to the Sun, you would have gotten those last week. But a lot of really good references made uh, from the UK's NCSC. And thirdly, last comment, um, you know, the topic of social engineering, David, you just brought up, always critical. We're talking about ransomware or the other big, ugly monster, business email compromise. Social engineering is a key part of both of those threats. There's other avenues as well, but that's a big part of it. Rachel Toback on LinkedIn published a great uh, little post with some guidance and thoughts on social engineering as it relates to ransomware. We'll include that link as well. Some good thoughts there. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel was also a guest on one of our interviews uh, last year. Really appreciated her perspective there. So Dave, that's it for me. Back to mute. Yeah, back to mute. Is that what you said? That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, go back to mute, Andy. Please go back to mute. Okay. No, great, great coverage on that one. And and really, again, if you did subscribe to Gate Fifteen, uh, Gate 15 Sun, you will see that this has been reported now for the last couple of days. A lot of great links in there. So highly encourage you to go to Gate Fifteen Global and sign up if you if you're not already a subscriber to that. All right. So we'll go into my first topic here. And again, I'm just I just make it myself. I'm the ran I'm the weatherman. So I want to call out a couple of things. We'll talk about flooding first in Libya. Over 11,000 people uh, missing or reported dead at this point in time. A truly tragic incident of a severe weather that was uh, that that came over Libya over the last uh, couple of days. And then we also on a health side, we also have a disease outbreak in India. Uh, that is causing a lot of things to shut down right now. There's a lockdowns in place around that, uh, around a admittedly a very rare disease. But nonetheless, I think if anything we've learned over the last couple of years is uh, disease under you know understanding disease and the health impacts and what can go on 
uh, and and where these can impact our respective organizations is really important. So two things there with severe weather, we really need to be continue to be on guard. We are in that fall season now. We'll start, you know, on the 21st, we officially go into fall, but um, really start needing to start thinking about severe weather with regards to winter weather preparedness. You can never start too early. We recommend, you know, two to three months and at least in advance uh, of, of starting to prepare your organizations for that, making sure you have the right supplies, making sure you have the right communications platforms in place, making sure that you have the ability to inform and educate your employees on, on what you, they could occur or experience uh, with winter weather uh, coming upon us. And then on the health side, again, you know, taking all those lessons we've learned from COVID. And I know, look, I'm not get, this is not a political slant in one way or the other, but we learned a lot from COVID take what you can from it, take what you can from these instances, but also important when you, you know, we're back now from a lot of overseas traveling, a lot of traveling to other parts of the country and to the world, understand the health requirements in those areas, understand the current health situation in those, those areas and plan accordingly. That, that, that's the big takeaway I want to hit on that. So Andy, Jen, anything you want to call, you know, remark on my all hazards section of the podcast? Dave, I'll, I'll jump in. You say, I mean, you, you hit two good topics. You know, we, we, we talk about this all the time, severe weather and health issues. I think it just underscores the importance of preparedness. We see, you know, still con continued activity in the Atlantic. That's going to continue for the next several months. We're looking at fall and winter weather. It just emphasizes the importance of preparedness. And at a time when COVID numbers are actually remarkably high in the U.S., uh, similar to where they were in 2020, a, a lot going on. So maintaining vigilance, not getting sort of numb and, and you know, stop paying attention to severe weather and not paying attention to health threats. We've got to maintain awareness, got to take individual and organizational precautions as may be appropriate. Glad you brought those up. Thank you, sir. Go, go, Jen. Sorry. I well, I had a kind of a, a help sheet for uh, for uh, residents, normal people, not business, on hurricane preparedness um, from a cyber perspective and things to have. But I can't find it, so it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Well, we appreciate it, and thanks for the the comments there. And we'll then again, put that in the show notes. So round one complete round two, we're going to go, Andy, we're going to throw it in your corner. Anything you want to add for a, a round two topic? Hey, thanks. Dave. I will jump in. I'm going to talk to it quickly, but last week DHS released its domestic, I'm sorry, it's 2024 Homeland Threat Assessment talking about foreign and domestic terrorism. Uh, it touches a number of areas. Uh, we'll share the report link. We'll share links to both Homeland Security Today and Washington Post Cybersecurity 202, where they talk about those. As uh, Bridget Johnson summarizes in Homeless Security Today, there are sections on safety and security you know, related to terrorism, illegal drugs, misdismount information, uh, border immigration security, a host of other issues, talking about the continued threat of both foreign and domestic terrorism, as well as other threats, uh, as, as quoted, in an increasingly crowded uh, threat space. So it's a good report. Uh, two things I want to point out specifically. One, uh, this report and, and the way it's intended to be used from now on replace what has become a routine semi-annual NTAS bulletin update. And, you know, a lot of background on NTAS going back to the old rainbow uh, homeless free advisory system from the, the George Bush era. NTAS was never meant to be uh, the way it was. It, it fell into execution with those semi-annual, very routine 
updates. So really glad to see this transition, which provides an annual baseline threat assessment and then allows the NTAS to be used for specific threats and concerns as alerts and notifications as may be appropriate. So I think a good change from the Biden administration and DHS on that note. Two, on the topic of domestic international terrorism, just want to highlight yet another event that we're going to be involved with, another one that is very near and dear to Jennifer Lynn Walker's heart. Next month, Gate 15 is very happy to be a Water ISAC champion, and at H2O Security Conference 2023, surging towards safety and security, uh, we're going to be discussing a number of things, including a panel focusing on uh, physical threats to the water sector, and including foreign and domestic threats, criminal activity, cascading effects from other critical infrastructure. It's going to be a really good discussion. So not too late to sign up to be a Water ISAC champion, not too late to register for the event, reach out and get involved in that awesome event. We're excited to be talking about it next month to talk about this DHS threat assessment and a whole lot more. Again, we'll share the links in the show notes for those who haven't checked it out yet and want to dive in deeper. Dave, any thoughts on the NTAS Bolden or the threat assessment in Jen? There's certainly some cybersecurity components that you might be interested in as well if you haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I, I think that this again, it's it, you I think you hit on the right part with the NTAS part. It was becoming, you know, was never intended to be what it was. And and then there was some criticism of it. I think this is the right approach moving forward with this this activity. And and I do think that these are just really important documents that we should be looking at and reviewing and considering from an organizational standpoint. I mean, again, not everything is going to always apply, but you need to ask yourselves those questions and do that mental worksheet is like, does this apply? What is the impact it could have? Where where could we go? So I, I do think that these are re really valuable. And again, on the on the health ISAC side, again, this is another great example uh, of an information sharing and analytical center or organization that is really taking steps forward to really be out there and really talking about really hard topics. And this is what they're designed to do. And I mean, we have some other great partners um, that that do this as well. Other great information sharing organizations that do this across the industries. And, and I think to see water do this and take this step forward like they are um, just really, it, they're, they're confronting these issues head on. So I, I applaud them for that effort. Jen, anything on your side? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, the event. Uh, thank you, Andy, for that. And Dave um, is H2O SecOn. It's October 19th and 20th. So yeah, check out waterisac.org um, and sign up for the event. That would be great. Um, yeah, Andy, I think, and Dave are both a part of that this year, unless if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, <laughs> um, that said, yeah, as far as the end testing, um, I, I was inundated with MGM last week, but I thought I saw something on that. You, as you mentioned, Andy, about the cybersecurity stuff is that they were talking about kind of having doing similar for cybersecurity. But I have to find that you probably remember because you read it. I didn't. <laughs> so if you want to fill in the gaps here of, of my brain. I think I'm going to leave your brain a little bit absent. We'll, we'll follow up more in depth later. I think it's looking at the time. I think we're going to wrap up uh, today's podcast okay. pretty soon. So we'll say that for another day. But worth checking out. There's some good comments in there. High level. You know, there's a lot more depth. Again, Gay 15 Sun subscribers are getting all those details on a daily basis. And those listening to this podcast are getting all those details on a weekly basis. So we're keeping everybody ahead of the threat curve, Jen. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll wrap up round two with a little comment here on a, a couple of kind of tying into the NTAS stuff, but also kind of in, tying into the information sharing. If you haven't checked out Homeland Security Today, hstoday.us, I mean, it's a really great website. There's a lot of great things on there. They're doing something really fun. I, obviously, if you listen to Nerd Out, you can, you can hear Bridget Johnson. She's a regular participant on that. 
They'll be on, she and uh, Joe Levy will be on today. There's a little plug for Nerd Out. Uh, and we're going to talk about the Trailblazers, Homeland's, Homeland's 50 Trailblazers for 2023. Last year, they did a, a list, uh, again, of 50 individuals who were setting the, the standard across the Homeland Security space. They didn't follow up again this year. A lot of great stuff. I'm not going to talk so much about that, but I do want to talk about uh, another article that Brit British, uh, I'm sorry, Brid Bridget, I can speak, it's early for me too, uh, that she also posted late last week um, about Homeland Threat Assessment says, and this is what Andy was kind of talking to, right? I mean, this is the, the Homeland Threat Assessment says violent extremists are improving online materials, information sharing and collaboration. And again, just really talking about that, you know, the, the good tactics and ideas are also you know being shared events threat actors we can see that online bridget does a really good job of capturing it in those notes so we'll put those links in the show notes for you all um but really encourage you to check out homeland security today and some of the information the new evolving stuff that comes out on the you know whether it's the extremist threat or the terrorism threat uh, there's just a lot of great resources on that front so with that That'll wrap up the two rounds. I want to see now, Andy, you usually have some quick hits or things you want to call out. Anything in particular you want, you want to call out from a quick hit perspective? Dave, I've got so many quick hits. I'm not even <laughs> going to try to cover them all, but we'll share a lot of links. I can hit a couple areas just to emphasize a few areas that jumped out at me last week. Uh, of course, Andy, the floor is yours. This is your, this is your, your growth area. To, I don't know what that means. I phrase it, one of my favorite movies from the early 80s, Dave, if it's if it's your growth area and it's my growth area, isn't it really our growth oh, area? Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Bad reference to Fast Times Ridgemont High, one of the greatest yeah. movies of all time. But that's not uh, relevant to what we're talking about right now. So, hey, one, faith-based ISAR released their uh, September newsletter last week, including uh, updates on membership processes and uh, the, the threat to school safety and security and the importance of collaboration, that comes at a time when there are just so many threats across the faith-based community. We're looking at the Jewish high holidays. We're seeing a host of swatting incidents against Jewish facilities, as well as Christian and Muslim facilities and schools. So just an important you know, threat to be aware of. We've talked about that before. A lot of links we'll share and a lot of other faith-based threats uh, every week. But, but it really jumped out at me last week, and we'll share just a litany of those uh, links in, in the resources, references uh, for today. A number of updates from our government partners, uh, CISA, scanning for water utilities, deep fakes, a PSA on, on sextortion and what that can do and impact to, to young teens and children. Uh, CISA releases open source software security roadmap. The White House commenting on governments paying ransoms. Uh, Heat, Dave, record-setting heat in the month of August on both yeah. hemispheres. Uh, there are just some of the links also of note, some significant updates on U.S.-China challenges. We're going to be talking about that in the sun today as well. And it would also jumped out at me last week, a few really interesting updates on automotive uh, security and cybersecurity, an increasingly uh, fascinating technology area and threat challenge. And we're really glad for champions like Auto ISAC and the community there and all they're doing to help secure the automotive industry. So Dave, there's some things that jumped out at me. I'm going to give you a bunch of links for the podcast notes today. Anything on your end or Jen, anything on your end? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just hit a couple things here again. And I think it, all, all great points there on, uh, we've talked about this retail crime, organized retail crime. We've talked about the, um, the, what the images that, that get a lot of attention on, 
the news or TikTok or something where people will go in and steal a lot of stuff there. There's an, there's an article about the continuing battle with shoplifting and how it's getting a lot of, more dangerous for employees and how organizations are responding to that. So there's that. There's also a, an article, a couple good articles on deep fakes, uh, specifically on how they're being used to manipulate uh, online platforms or organizations, and I think the potential risk that they have to organizations. And one of the topics, if you recall from last week, I was going to try to bring up something on and I forgot it, but now I've remembered it. So I just want to call out again, another article that we were talking about is about how AI can be used, talking about how it's being used by threat actors, how AI can be used by organizations to identify active shooter situations or other hostile events. So some really good articles on that and how this technology is being able to, to learn and, and to understand and alert and then take actions uh, through some pretty creative activities. And so while threat actors are using AI for their purposes, there's also some good work being done uh, by security organizations. So we'll put those links in there. Jen, anything you wanna add to the, to the hits at the end? No, that that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that that wraps up another great episode of the Security Sprint podcast. I want to just encourage everyone to check out the remaining the other podcasts that we have on the Gate 15 channel. Uh, to include, again, I'll publish Nerd Out this week. And then I think next week we have a Gate 15 interview coming up. And then you always have the Security Sprint podcast here where you'll get to hear Jennifer Lynn Walker and Andy Jabor and and the you know and myself as well so with that everybody i will bid you all adieu